Clive Staples Lewis, C.S. Lewis, was born on November 29, 1898, and he died on November 22, 1963, just a few days short of his 65th birthday. He happened to die that November 22, 1963, on the day that John F. Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas. He was considered a lay theologian. He was a brilliant writer. He attended Oxford University. He is best known for his works of fiction, especially the Screwtape Letters, Chronicles of Narnia, the Space Trilogy, and he wrote also a number of Christian apologetic books, nonfiction, such as Mere Christianity, Miracles, The Problem of Pain, and he also wrote a book entitled Surprised by Joy, which later came out in a film that uh, I want to recommend to you. In 1956, Lewis married an American writer, Joy Daberman, and she died of cancer four years later at the age of 45. In that movie, uh, be ready to shed some tears, in that movie he says goodbye to her as he puts her in the hands of Jesus. Today I'd like to highlight two of his books that I want to encourage you to consider reading. The first would be Mere Christianity. In Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis argues for the validity of Christianity based upon sheer logic. He studied human history, and here's what he claimed. He believed that he could see throughout different societies a certain moral code, at least at a very basic foundational level. Now, as I read this book, Mere Christianity, I can remember that I sat there thinking this makes so much sense, that if we are not going to be held accountable for our actions, the only logical thing we should do with our lives is to pursue pleasure at every turn. Makes sense, doesn't it? And I would say this to people today. If you do not really believe there is a God, then you ought to be a full-fledged hedonist. It only makes sense. You answer to no one, this is all you've got. When you die, that's it. If you believe that, that's how you would live. But yet, built within us is something that it constrains us at a certain level. We do have built within us a certain moral code. It's as if we know deep down within us that we're going to answer to God. Now, with this logic in mind, there was a great impact on C.S. Lewis because when he was a young man, he found it impossible to believe in a just God. Why would he allow earth to become a sad and unjust place? Why all the suffering? Now, what C.S. points out in his book, Mere Christianity, is that when an atheist challenges the existence of God by questioning why he would allow such lack of justice, unjust behavior, evil to be part of our world, that in order to even make that judgment of God, you have to have built within you a certain moral code in terms of that which is just and that which is unjust in order to even accuse God, should he exist. Lewis then attempts to resolve the, the contradiction in terms of the existence of a good God who allows evil things to happen, and he argues for us as humans to have free moral agency. And we have the opportunity to choose that which is just, that which is good, that which is right. And in this classic work by C.S. Lewis, he spends a great deal of time defending what was and continues to be an unpopular aspect of Christian belief in morality, and that is the notion of purity or chastity. He insisted that 
modern society was overrun with sex and sexuality. Well, he wrote this, believe it or not, in 1941. Can you imagine what he would say today? Lewis had a very high view of marriage. He believed it is beautiful and majestic, but it's beyond just love, affection. A married couple needed to remain together for a lifetime demonstrating higher, higher virtues, namely loyalty and respect for one another. Lewis in his book pointed out that pride is the most dangerous of all sins because it is the sin of the enemy. C.S. Lewis also had a very interesting position on the whole question of free will. Do we have free will? If God is sovereign, do we really have the ability to choose? And here's how he handled that. An all-knowing God gives the gift of free will to humans. That's Lewis's position. He resolved, Lewis did, that the apparent contradiction exists outside of time, meaning that God experiences humans' past, present, and future in the same instant. Whereas we as humans, we have free will within time as they experience it. There are a number of areas where his theology is open to some debate, but Mere Christianity is a great book. I can remember years ago, I had a conversation with a rather prominent sports analysis individual, and in the course of our comparing notes, we had the same background. He eventually expressed interest in really coming to know the Lord, and he drove to my house to pick up a copy of Mere Christianity, which the Lord used in a great way in his life, and uh, a few days later, he trusted in Christ as his Savior. It's a great book. It's really worth your time. Now, the next book I'd like to share with you is a book that is rather fascinating, and it is also tremendously practical when you really carefully read and understand what C.S. Lewis was attempting to accomplish. But in the preface to his book, and the book I'm talking about is The Screwtape Letters, he wrote this, There are two equal and opposite errors in which our race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence, the other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. They themselves are equally pleased by both errors and hail a materialist or a magician with the same delight. And that's the end of the quote. Now, it's precisely at this point that I would have enjoyed hearing C.S. Lewis's concept of what is excessive interest. Because consider what follows. What follows is a book that is dedicated to capturing what demons do in the lives of individuals and especially in the lives of Christians. And so he's talking about the practical outworking of demonic influence. Now, is that excessive? I would say no. And I think C.S. Lewis is making that case with his book. I suspect that the vast majority of Christians today, biblical Christians, fall on the other side of the spectrum, and that is we basically disbelieve in their existence. When you read C.S. Lewis's work, though, you're going to see that he sees demonic activity in some of the more mundane matters of life. The book Screwtape Letters, it has 31 letters. It's written by a devil named Wormwood. His nephew, a young devil, is named Screwtape. So we have the senior devil, Wormwood, writing to Screwtape. And, of course, C.S. Lewis is the ultimate author of this. Screwtape responds to the news that Wormwood is busy trying to tempt a young man. 
Uh, they call this young man the patient. Now, C.S. Lewis is reported to have said this was the toughest book he ever wrote. It was primarily because he had to look within himself to sense the spiritual battle that he felt behind these battles could be demonic influence. After referring to the patient, the first assignment that is given to Screwtape is he is to move this individual, this, this patient, away from our enemy. And who's our enemy? Well, it's God. Screwtape advises Wormwood to prevent the patient from thinking whenever possible. In other words, keep his mind blank. Because if he begins to contemplate and to think, he'll probably accept Christianity. You want him to think or focus on the ugliness and the imperfection of his peers and his family, especially his mother. Now, this is placed in the context of World War II, prompting Screwtape to send Wormwood a series of letters on fear and violence and bravery. And Screwtape points out that when it comes to fear and violence, all of these things playing out, the anxiety that comes with them, a lot of times that can lead a person, a patient, to sin and to sensual pleasure. But it's at this point that Screwtape warns Wormwood of something, and that is in a time like this, it can also be detrimental because sometimes people will begin to think seriously about their own mortality. They'll begin to think about death and morality. And then at one point in Screwtape letters, Screwtape learns that the, the patient has befriended a married couple. Now, this married couple apparently regularly would mock Christianity, and they would talk about, well, we need social progress. And at this point, Screwtape is encouraging Wormwood to make sure that continues, make sure they spend a lot of time together. And along the way, Screwtape is constantly calling Wormwood to account. He calls him to account because the patient had returned to, of all things, he returned to church. And so now Screwtape's counsel is, is more aggressive. He says, make him a connoisseur of churches. And Screwtape goes on to talk about how they have successfully torn a church apart by uh, hundreds of, of petty debates. And then Screwtape learns from Wormwood that the patient has fallen in love with a Christian woman. One that is so virtuous, she makes Screwtape physically ill. And he says to Wormwood, you are facing a horrible punishment if you fail to corrupt your patient. And then Screwtape offers some critical advice as the patient is going to meet with the family of this woman that he now loves. Screwtape advises Wormwood to appeal to the patient's vanity and desire for well, the new things and the fashions of the day. And then at the end of Screwtape letters, Screwtape greets Wormwood with a, well, a false warmth, and he explains that the patient had died in an air raid. But that in his final moments, the patient saw God and realized that no evil could ever corrupt him. Screwtape then admits that he has no idea what God is trying to accomplish by loving humanity, and he doesn't know what awaits the patient in heaven. He then points out the penalty for failure is that Screwtape himself will be the devil who will eat Wormwood. This is an incredible book, and it's valuable because what C.S. Lewis does here is he talks about the appeal to our flesh, things that take place in our minds, and he puts these in the context of that third aspect of the battle we're in, 
We're in a battle with the world. We're in a battle with the principle of sin within. But we are also battling the forces of darkness, and they can have direct influence in our lives. How much, we do not know. But when C.S. Lewis gave this warning about having an unhealthy interest in them, for the most part, most of us really pay lip service to the reality of the battle we're in. And we are paying an incredible price for that. And we need a heavy dose of the screw tape letters to see a practical reality to the enemy placing thoughts in our minds, trying to direct our thinking, trying to challenge anything that we think of that has, is rooted in truth, coming against the truth of the Word of God in our thinking, and then manipulating individuals and circumstances around us as God allows it under His sovereign control. And now in closing, this quote from C.S. Lewis, it happens to be my wife's favorite. He wrote this, If we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we are made for another world. And we are.